Greetings and welcome to Alchemy. It's great to have your company yet again. And if you're a first-time listener, you're very welcome for the first time to the show. We're free and on demand from iTunes and alchemyradio.net. And of course, you can follow us and join the Alchemy community on Facebook and Twitter. We're here and in existence thanks to your most kind donations. So a big thank you to everybody who does so via our website. We're completely non-profit and intend to stay that way. And because of production and bandwidth costs, our output is directly relative to the amount of donations we receive. So, on to the show. This week's guest is a man who needs little introduction. We've had him several times on the show before. It's David Icke. David has spent the last quarter of a century, in excess of quarter of a century indeed, unraveling the secrets of the universe, reality and the forces that manipulate our world. After writing more than 20 books, David has driven on with his relentless investigation into subject areas that others don't dare touch. David, it's great to have you back on Alchemy. How are things? I'm good, Sean, yeah. I'm really glad to have you on. It's just been an incredibly busy set of announcements for you over the last six months. There's so much planned over over the next 18 and beyond. Give us a little bit of brief background to the last six months and where it's going to take you over the next six to 18. Well, over the last uh, uh, many years now, I've um, said from time to time that I felt the years 2016, 17 and 18 were going to be pivotal um, in the sense of we have a situation now where it certainly wasn't like this when I started out Uh, doing this 26 years ago, where more and more people are starting to see what they couldn't see before in terms of what is really behind all that's going on in the world. And and what I I felt uh, was that I was seeing people reach that stage and I mean lots and lots of people compared with before, where they were uneasy about the world. Mm. It, something didn't add up. What's, what's going on? But, but, of course, the answers don't come back uh, about what's going on, but it's just this feeling there's something not right here. And I, I got that. I picked up that, that vibe, if you like, over the last couple of years um, more and more. And also within people who would, would never have looked at alternative information before. So um, I, I wrote uh, Phantom Self with that in mind to, to put um, world events in context so that, that people could see how they fit together and, and why it's happening. It's not a series of random events. Uh, that that are happening, whether it's wars or uh, economic collapses or um, GMO, all, all these apparently unconnected things are not unconnected. And so what I did with Phantom Self, uh, as I have done with the other books, but this goes in a different direction slightly, or more than slightly, is to put these um, into context so people can see that actually they're all different masks on the same face. Mm. And so at the same time... Um, 
you know, my son Jamie said, well, you know, why don't we do a world tour? Um, and, and, and I jumped at that because um, I want to um, spend the next um, three years at least um, at absolutely full throttle. I'm doing everything I can to to get this information out in the public arena. And, and, and one of the key reasons, well, two, one, because these are pivotal years. Um, these are key years for starting to dilute the direction of the, the way the world's going. Um, and there are other things happening which, which make it imperative that we start to do that now very quickly. Uh, but the other thing is it, it was clear that, that, that people are more and more – I'm sort of desperate, but the more and more open to what is going on. And, and when you connect the dots um, in a simple way, then it makes sense of a world that otherwise has no sense. Why would they do that? Why would they do this? I mean, you know, on, on my website today, there's a, a, a number of stories that kind of interconnect um, where it, it, there's one about, the damage that is being done, particularly to children, but 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 adults as well, serious damage through cell phones and mm. um, other uh, Wi-Fi smart technology. Um, a, a, another one about um, what's in uh, food and, and and the damage that that's doing, uh, and so on, on and it goes. And people, you know, the question is, why are they so crazy? as to put that in food, to put that in vaccines, to put that um, in terms of radiation. Um, and once you start to connect the dots, you realize that what is behind this is insane from our perspective of insane, but it's not random. There is a method in the madness. The madness is not in being stupid uh, they're very clever. Mm. The madness is in wanting to do and doing what they're doing. And when you put it all together, then th you can connect GMO to the fantastic increase in radiation, to 9-11, to all of it, to the nature of reality itself. Um, and that's, um, I think, imperative now. Uh, it, it's important that, that the alternative media keeps uncovering information about individual events, if you like, or what are perceived to be a, 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 a false flag terrorist attack, a banking collapse, whatever. Very important. But more important than anything is to take the, the pixels and turn them into pictures, because you can and you can do it very simply. And that is the context that you speak about, which I think is the most important thing possibly that we'll discuss today because it's the code to what's really going on. So we have all these seemingly dispersed pieces to the jigsaw puzzle that we've spoken about at numerous occasions in the past. And while a lot of people might be interested in one piece or another piece, and they, they're sl slowly starting to put pieces of the jigsaw together. I think your description there of pixelated is very good because we are, of course, in that, that holographic digital universe, if you like and yeah. it's a, a stumbling block that I noticed from talking to people in particular over the last kind of three years or so a lot of people would like the idea that they're 
using heavy quotation marks, awakened now. But I think there is a tendency to see a lot of what's out there in the alternative media as a form of entertainment for a lot of people. They got very comfortable with particular topics. So for one person, it might be chemtrails and the environment. For another person, it might be food and 9-11 or whatever. It's almost like they don't want to get out of that new paradigm that they've created for themselves. They've broken free. And I spoke in one of the recent interviews with David Whitehead about this very topic. And it's like they've broken free from the initial paradigm and they see a little bit of what's going on there but they've created their own box then to sit in because they're now comfortable with that so they've settled back into the old modality of thinking even though the actual specifics of what they're thinking about aren't necessarily the same and I think context is what shatters that further entrenched paradigm and it's interesting I think that second paradigm that I talk about is even stronger than the first one because people perceive that they've created it for themselves albeit within the confines that were initially kind of indoctrinated or handed down to them through schooling and the system that is in place so with regard to context and with people saying okay well they couldn't be that bad. I mean, fair enough, we see the chemtrails and we realise they're, why they're doing that, but they couldn't be so bad as to deliberately poison us through food, a la Monsanto or whoever it may be. But your book, the new book, Phantom Self, kind of nails that context. So let's talk a little bit about the context, about normalcy versus paranormal, or the opposite to normal, um, and what it is that that concept is, because it's really, really ingrained in the subconscious, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and, you know, before we start on that, you, you, you described um, very well uh, the situation of awakening. Um, when people say, I woke up, no, no, you started to wake up. It's a, it's a process. It can be very fast or it can be very slow, depending on how much you are prepared to uh, delete the, the program perceptions that that people that people have downloaded throughout their lives through education and media and peer pressure and all the rest of it um but it's an it's an awakening process and it's not like seeking enlightenment we are enlightened that's our natural state if we could get um uh, free of the programming that keeps us from that it's about um uh, unraveling if you like the uh, or, or removing the layers of the onion which are, which are perception programs. That's, that, that's what it is. So you can have a perception program um, that basically accepts the mainstream everything being how things are. And then you can um, start to question that program and you move into, well, it's not how things are with chemtrails. Well, it's, it's not how things are with GMO. There's more to GMO than they're telling us. Um, but... but um, that means all these other layers are still there, um, which are still influencing your ability to see beyond the dots because um, GMO is bad for you, can become another dot. Uh, chemtrails can become another dot, and suddenly you've changed your dot, but you're still in a dot. Um, you're still in a pixel, uh, and you might be looking from a slightly different perspective at the world, um, because you've discovered something is not right that you've been told. But the scale of what's going on is so vast and so total and to so interconnected that just to, um, just to concentrate on any dot alone is, is going to hold you in some kind of servitude because um, there was, um, I don't know, it's still there, but there was a, um, a video on the internet 
uh, some years ago I saw it. And, and basically it was people throwing a basketball around uh, and the words came on the screen at the start saying something like, uh, follow the basketball and count um, how, um, how many times it's thrown or something like that. And, mm-hmm. and people do that. And then um, at the end, um, the words come on the screen and said, um, you know, did, did you see the gorilla? I remember that one. Remember that? Yeah. And, and, and most people didn't see the gorilla even though it showed you then the gorilla walked into the into the, the scene that you were watching, looked around and walked off because it focus um, that's very symbolic because focus on one thing at the exclusion of others that did that that denies you peripheral vision. And it's in the peripheral vision that the dots connect because you start to see these other dots in the peripheral vision connecting to your dot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and 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 so it's very uh, important uh, this whole idea of context that people um, realize that it's not just about chemtrails, just about GMO, just about banking or just about uh, manipulated wars. These are all expressions of the same single global agenda. And it's when you start to see that, what's behind it, why and where we're being taken and how we're being taken there, that's when the great panorama and vista of the world uh, opens up and you start to be able to to have your own context. Because, you know, um, when you when you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, well, when I've done them, I haven't done one for work since I was a kid, but when I did it, I wanted to put the... Um, and it's funny because it's very much like I've worked over the years. I wanted to put the straight bits together. I wanted to get the frame done. Mm. And in my research, when I started out, what I wanted to, I, I, I started to realize that a few controlled the world and the direction of the world. Um, but I wanted to know how they did it because obviously there had to be a structure and it had to be, um, it had to be basically simple because uh, complexity would destroy it. Um, and, and so once I got the, you know, the, the straight bits and realized how they did it and, and what have you, then putting the pieces into the rest of the puzzle gets easier. When you're doing a jigsaw puzzle, once you've got the structure and you start putting, the more pieces you put in, the more you can see where the other pieces go. And this is what, the, 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 um, this is what happens to people when they get the structure, the structure of A, uh, where are, are we being taken, two, what are the methods of perception manipulation that are taking us there? And three, who's taking us there? And, and there's a four, and why? Um, and and uh, that is the context structure which you can then put anything into, anything. I mean, <clears throat> um, when I do these, uh, these uh, talks on the world tour, they're from about 10 in the morning to 10 at night in four sections. The scale of subjects... Um, that I'm going to be introducing is absolutely massive. But by the time they're introduced, where they go and why is perfectly um, obvious to anyone watching because of what has gone before. Uh, and, and it's this level now that the alternative media, I think, really needs to turn its mind to. Um, uh, uh, yes, research the dots, but keep the context because... Well, why are they doing it? No, why would they do that? Why would they destroy their own planet and all this stuff? Mm. These all have answers. But um, if the, most of the alternative media is not uh, addressing that level of what's going on. It reminds me a little bit of a football match or a soccer match, as it's known in the US. 
if for example you're watching the game and you're only watching and focusing on one player and suddenly you're told by somebody well do you know what there's more than one player there are 11 players on each side so you're suddenly looking with new eyes at this game and you're thinking wow they're, they're pinging the ball around there to great effect this makes so much more sense than when I was just looking at that one guy or girl playing yeah but you can't see the goals on the pitch and you're still kind of there wondering, well, what's it all for? What's it all why about? Why are they doing it? <laughs> yeah, why are they doing it? So it's only when you actually stop focusing on all the other little distractions and the ball flying all over the pitch and get your context by looking at or seeing the gorilla or the elephant in the room or the goalposts, then suddenly it all makes sense and you've got that code and you're able to translate what it is that's going on at the micro level. So you can appreciate then when one player performs a really good move or does some nice skill to set up somebody heading the ball at the goal, you know why they're doing it. You can, you can track it back. We've spoken about remembering who you are, the title of one of your books. And you can almost remember then, with context, what's going on and you can access your subconscious and everything makes a lot more sense. You can unpixelate, you can get a much sharper image of the world around you. And one of the things that I think, think needs to be depixelated, if you like, is the issue of normalcy and paranormal versus normal. There's a chapter on this in the book. And I think it's one of the most important chapters because I think what is normal has been really, really hijacked by the powers that shouldn't be or the control system or the matrix, whatever you want to call it. So let's look at that for a little while, David, and see what's really normal and what do most people perceive as normal? No, you, that's right. What, what, um, what has happened is normal has been, yes, hijacked and a sense of normal has been um, downloaded into the population. But then you ask, what is normal? What is perceived to be normal? Normal is only what we normally experience. That is it. Mm. So if I live in a house in the middle of nowhere, my normal is never to look out of my window and see a car or a vehicle. If I'm born in an urban street, I live in an urban street, my normal is never not looking out my window and seeing a car and a vehicle. Uh, they're just different normals. And, and so what um, if, if there's a few of you and you want to control the many, you have to control their perceptions, the perceptions of the target population. You don't want people thinking beyond um, the, 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 the apparent normal. You don't want to people um, thinking outside of the box, because that box is your perception program. It's your perception prison. You have to hold people in a, a very narrow sense of the possible. This is so important. One of the most fundamental ways that people are controlled is by um, squeezing as much as possible their sense of the possible. Because then when uh, someone like me comes out and says, actually, this is happening, you get all, all the time, but that's not possible. No, it's not possible according to your normal, but actually it is possible. It's just your perception of the possible is perceiving it not to be possible. So, for instance, uh, if we get down or, 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 or get into the, 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 the deeper levels of reality here, this world is lived 
It is governed. Uh, it is organized, directed and, quote, understood on the basis that it is a solid world, that um, everything around us is physical. It is uh, um, solid matter. Um, and yet quantum physics has shown clearly this is not the case, that there is no physical, only the illusion of it. So there, uh, immediately, you have this transformation of the possible in that if something is, if the world is solid, then basically the limitations of what is possible are enormous. But if it's not, if it's the equivalent of a cosmic internet where we are decoding um, information fields into uh, apparent physical reality, actually holographic reality, in the same way that the computer in front of me now can um, decode Wi-Fi fields or whatever into um, an apparent reality on the screen that only exists in that form on the screen. Um, one, once you get to the point where everything is information, interacting with information, that we're living in a, a, a cosmic um, equivalent of an interacting active Wi-Fi computer game, then if you change the information, you change the nature of reality. Mm. In the same way that um, we, we take from the Internet, we take information from the Internet, and we have our reality affected by what we take from the Internet, but we can also post on the Internet and therefore change the reality or, or offer other possibilities to the Internet. It's interactive. So is this reality that we're living. So, um, for instance, uh, if people were looking at limitation on the, the computer screen, it's only limited by the information I put into the computer, which is then transferred on the screen. And it's the same with the world. But once we realize that um, we have um, infinite capacity for changing reality and um, uh, playing and manipulating reality, um, then our sense of limitation starts to um, starts to dilute. And suddenly what was impossible to us before, and that can't be happening before, suddenly becomes perfectly logical. I mean, let, I mean, let me give you a, a great example of, of that and the transformation in the sense of the possible and thus what the hell is happening. Um, I get a lot of... Um, of course, ridicule for me talking about shape-shifting people. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that comes from the perception, we are again the normal, that I'm saying that solid physical people of a human form shift into a solid um, non-human form and back again. Now, that's not possible, cries the normal in believing that the world is solid. Yeah. Um, no, it's not, I reply. <laughs> I am not saying that. We, uh, um, 
Let me give you another uh, uh, quick story before I finish that one, because the two are, are very relevant. Mm-hmm. I read a book years ago um, called The Holographic Universe. And um, in there, um, there was it was written by uh, a, a, a man who um, was looking at the uh, evidence um, of Michael Tolbert, his name was, who was looking at the evidence, the scientific evidence for the fact that we live in a holographic reality. In other words, it's the illusion of physical, just like holograms are. Um, And the more sophisticated holograms become, of course, with new technology, the more uh, believable they become in in the sense that they appear to be real. Um, Anyway, he, he tells a story in this book that his father had a party and had um, a stage hypnotist come along doing party tricks. And uh, they had this guy, I think his name was Tom, and um, he was put under into this hypnotic trance by this hypnotist. And he um, was, you know, got to see whatever that wasn't actually there. And then towards the end, the hypnotist said to him, when I bring you back to a waking state, you're not going to be able to see your daughter in the room. At which point the daughter was guided to stand right in front of her father. So he's looking into her belly. Um, He brings him back apparently to a waking state. And uh, the hypnotist said, uh, can you see your daughter? He's looking around. He can't. The the hypnotist um, uh, put his hand in the small of the daughter's back and said, I'm holding something. What am I holding? He says, you're holding a watch. Well, the watch was between, uh, or his daughter was between him and the watch, but he saw the watch. Yeah. Then um, he, he was asked to read an inscription on the watch. He, he read it with his daughter in the way. Now, if I told that story uh, to, I don't know, people like Professor Richard Dawkins, uh, this um, everything is solid um, guru. You're a good um, friend, eh? Okay. <laughs> You're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, we don't quite see the world the same way. Uh, but um, he would say that was crazy and someone had made it up. But actually, once you go beyond normal and you look at reality as it really is, energetic information fields, and the fact that this reality is like a computer screen and um, it's a projection uh, from information uh, in the unseen, uh, just like Wi-Fi fields, I mean, if I had Wi-Fi in this this flat here, and I said to someone who knew nothing about computers, uh, what um, that that we have uh, a whole worldwide reality in the space that we're occupying, uh, which can be tapped into in anywhere in the world, they'd say you're mad. I can't see it. Where is it? Mm. But because people know about computers, they have no problem with the perception of a computer decoding an unseen information source, Wi-Fi, and turning it into a reality on the screen, a reality that anyone can tap into anywhere in the the world. And so if you um, realize that even our bodies in their base form are energetic information fields in the unseen, like an expression of Wi-Fi, if you like, then the story I've just told that seems to be impossible is no longer impossible. What's what's um, happened there is that uh, the hypnotic um, implant by the hypnotist saying, when you come back to a waking state, you're not going to be able to see your daughter in the room, acted like a firewall on a computer system to block the energy field 
of the daughter in the unseen from being decoded holographically into the scene. Mm. And everyone else in the room is laughing because they can see the daughter because they've not had that firewall put in. Tom has. And thus, um, if you don't um, decode something from the energetic information level into the holographic, it does not appear in your uh, in the reality of the conscious mind. And if it doesn't appear, it can't get in the way of you seeing a watch behind it. Um, and uh, so d here again, we we're in this uh, situation where the different perception of normal equals a fantastic difference in the perception, not only of the possible, but what's, um, what's actually going on. Um, and uh, this is the level that we have to start to explore if we're going to really get to the point where we can see how the picture really unfolds. Because at, at, the, at the depth of the rabbit hole or the center of the web, deep in the shadows, whatever analogy you want, that force which is manipulating and directing human society understands the nature of the reality we're experiencing and understands how we decode it. Thus, if I have a computer, um, then the information it puts on the screen as an experienced reality is dictated by what the coding of that computer allows it to decode and not decode. So if I put blocks in my computer, it will not decode certain information, certain codes, whatever, and put them on the screen as an experienced reality. And that's what the perception deception of the human race is about. It's about putting firewalls very much based on manipulating our sense of the normal so that we do not... Um, decode and thus experience see vast amounts of information that is available to us uh, and if we could decode it and um, experience it it would transform our version of uh, reality of self of everything and i'm just finding a quote here um it's from a science uh magazine um, and it's um, talking about how we decode reality in this sense. Every second, 11 million sensations crackle along the brain pathways. The brain is confronted with an alarming array of images, sounds and smells, which it rigorously filters down until it is left with a manageable list of around 40. Thus, 40 sensations per second out of 11 million make up what we perceive as reality. Now, the idea of the perception-deception download of the perceived normal is to make the amount of information that we um, process as small as possible, because from that small source of information we will have a small sense of the world and the self 
um, that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and what 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 I'm I'm doing in the books and the and the world tour and and um, what I think where I think the alternative media needs to look at so much more is um, is widening that sense of the possible by pointing out not you know stuff pulled from the ether but stuff that actually can be uh, even supported a lot of it by mainstream science i've just watched the entire many series of um a um a, a science series out of america called uh, through the wormhole fronted up actually fronted up very well by the actor morgan freeman i actually saw it quite recently would you believe yeah well i i i, I be, I've gone through the, the whole series uh, that they've done, all the series they've done so far. And what's fascinating about it, John, is, um, yes, they're coming from a mainstream scientific perspective. But what they're doing at, is picking out scientists who are actually asking the questions that mainstream science doesn't normally ask. Yeah. They're looking at the nature of reality and the illusory nature of reality. They're looking at the fact uh, that um, the physics of our reality are a mirror of the physics of computer games. I mean, and they're, they're, they're looking, and this is very relevant because uh, I know you've read the book uh, to, to what I was talking about in um, Phantom Self about um, natures of life and, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, awareness, whatever, that is behind this manipulation. There was one recently I looked at where this scientist, I think it was from Michigan State University, he's exploring what is life. And, and, and he's looking at digital life <laughs> uh, because this is another massive thing we need to get across to understand what's actually happening and what's manipulating us and that is life the ability to perceive the ability to have awareness and self-awareness is not confined to something with a body two legs two arms a head and a torso mm-hmm. right you know what i mean uh, yep. or, or, or four legs or whatever it, with with animals and insects we, we we look at that and we say that's life but it's just they're just vehicles for life what life is what we really are is a state of awareness the state of being aware and uh we can be infinitely aware and be all that is has been and ever can be in awareness of itself or we can uh, be so blocked in our um, spectrum of potential awareness that we think we're Ethel Jones working down the store, comes from Manchester, and um, um, went to so-and-so school and, and is married to Bill. Uh, no, all those things, all those labels are experiences for our infinite eternal state of awareness. What the system has done, and this is massively part of the normal uh, conspiracy, is to get us to self-identify with the experience so that we think the experience is us when it's actually the experience of the true us, which is a state of being aware. When I think of organisations such as DARPA or CERN and the technology that they've developed, the World Wide Web, for example, which you've spoken about there, The majority of people have no problem accepting the cause and effect of something like the internet or radio signals, how we can pick them up and tune into certain signals. There's no problem people accepting, right, well, those signals must be around us because we can see the effect of them. So we'll accept the cause. And it's like these organizations have designed these systems based on the actual reality and not just a misperception of reality, but the actual reality that you've spoken about, i.e. the holographic universe. 
they've designed them based on that but for some reason and I, I think we all know the reason but if you want to elaborate on it by all means do there seems to be a collective block when it comes to accepting the cause of what's going on in the world we can see the effect of it okay and people can say oh well, this is terrible that's terrible but the default position is to go to an external source to solve it rather than looking at the actual cause and how it is a mirror image or how the World Wide Web, for example, is a mirror image of reality. And it's almost like a microcosmic version of it or a simulation of it. And when it comes to the real stuff, the big stuff, the stuff that really matters that we can control and do something about, this block exists. You use the word firewall. I think it's a great term. Um, it is that firewall that just blocks every single time and we bounce off it again and then we go and look for the next distraction or we, we bounce into the next distraction and are distracted by it. Do you think that's a good summation of what you've been speaking about? Does that make any sense? And what do you think the role of the likes of CERN and DARPA and these other organizations who come up with these seemingly amazing technological advances, but when you put the context that you've just described to us on it, they're not as amazing as they may seem. Well, I, I think that is a good summary. Uh, what's making my life easier now and would have been a nightmare for the shamans of um, other cultures and other, other uh, apparent times, although that's illusory too, um, is that... Um, we now have technology that's mirroring the reality we're experiencing. Mm. So I have the analogies to uh, use to uh, describe and symbolize, not even symbolize, actually, it's, it's beyond symbolism. It's, 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 it's so the same in so many ways of the actual reality that we're experiencing. So people can, can understand that a computer can uh, decode uh, Wi-Fi information fields and turn it into a reality on a screen. Well, I've been calling for years uh, the body a biological computer. And, you know, to these people behind all this, the biological and the technological are the same thing. The biological, what we, what we perceive as technological, um, i.e., uh, you know, bits of, of, of steel and nuts and bolts and electric circuits, um, to them, that's what the biological is. The biological is just a form of technology. Uh, and uh, therefore, um, you can manipulate the technology, for instance, to decode what you want it to decode and not decode it what you don't want it to decode. I mean, you know, I've seen um, in hypnotists um, shows, which I, I saw a few as part of my research, and I've seen uh, people told that um, they're not going to be able to say uh, or remember a certain number, say three. Mm. And then they get them. Um, in this state to count from one to 10. But the number they've been told to count, they keep missing out because they, they don't realize they're missing out. They're just missing it out because they, they, won't, they won't literally compute it. Now, when you take the information sources uh, that we are subjected to, I mean, look at it. You come out of the womb and uh, in next to no time, well, first of all, the, you, you've got parental influence who are uh, giving you a sense of reality based on their own download, yeah. um, they, you're then very quickly um, in, a, in, a, in a school situation where authority is telling you, uh, okay, when you can be there, when you, when, you've, when you can leave, when you can eat, and also what they're telling you, how things are, what's real, what's not real, what's possible, what's not possible, what life is, what it isn't. And then you go through the education system, uh, you come out the other end, you go off into science, into medicine into journalism into politics whatever and you're taking that core programming with you 
And then these institutions are peopled by people who've been through that core programming, um, and they then run the world on the basis of that core programming. Like I said earlier, the whole world is being run as if it's solid when it isn't. I mean, just just let's ponder on that for a moment and see uh, the uh, uh, you know the consequences of that in terms of uh, limitation and ridiculous things that that, that are done. Um, and then um, you've got peer pressure and peer confirmation. Uh, from all the people around you who've been through the same process you've been through. You've got the mainstream media, and, and in, in, in this regard, uh, the vast majority of the alternative media, who is telling you uh, what reality is. And is it any surprise that you have downloaded as your normal a completely fake sense of what is? Um, and this is the, the whole uh, uh, crux of it, this downloading of a sense of the normal, which then not o- not only um, dictates your life and your perceptions, your sense of the possible, it actually repels all borders in the way you've just described. People get very, very upset, if, uh, uh, not all the time, but, but often when you're, when you're saying things that are questioning their sense of the normal. Mm. I mean, you... you I've just described uh, in the most extreme way these skeptic societies around the world. Do you know, I was on a program, um, a television program, one of these audience participation programs, many, many, many years ago. And there's someone from the skeptic society uh, sitting over to my right. And I'm talking about this stuff. I'm talking about the nature of reality. Not saying, you know, you're wrong and I'm right. I'm just saying, well, this is how I see it. This man's backside never stopped moving. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was so animated because his sense of his normal was being questioned and, and he couldn't handle it. And when you look at skeptics, um, who are the extreme version of what we're talking about, people say you should be skeptical. No, you shouldn't. You should question. Because being skeptical and questioning are not the same thing in the context of the skeptic society they're not questioning to see if what you're saying is right they have a concrete solid belief system which is not uh, in any way movable and so their skepticism is not to say well okay what you got to back this up it's to set out to trash what you're saying uh, as as a goal in, in and of itself and of course these skeptics are based on mainstream science which is where most people get their sense of reality from. You, you have a, a, a situation where those that have gone through this system and become most programmed by its perceptions end up as famous people in science. They end up in famous people in, in, in journalism, in politics, in, in banking, in, in whatever, in media and and, um, you know, scientific journalists and, and what have you. Mm. And, th- and then these people are then h- held up um, as a form of God and fountain of knowledge about reality. It's all, everything is going round confirming um, the, uh, the reality that the system must have us uh, accept for us to be mass controlled. This, is, this whole area is where the... Um, the, the, the solutions lie. You know, you, you, can, you can stockpile weapons all you like. You can protest in the street all you like. You can wave your banners all you like. 
But until people break out individually and collectively of this perception program and see that, first of all, the true nature of self and the true power of self, and through that, see the true magnitude of the scam that's going on uh, in terms of uh, human, uh, human society, then we've got a chance of doing something about it because we've stopped looking at the, 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 uh, the movie screen and waving banners at it and screaming at it and pointing out things about it. And we've gone to the projector from where it's coming. Uh, and, uh, you know, when you look at human society collectively, what is it? It is a holographic expression of collective human perception. And from perception comes collective human behavior. Now, Therefore, if you can understand how to download perceptions and to block um, other perceptions in your target population, then you will get them to perceive in a way which will lead to them behaving in such a way that gives you the control system that you uh, need to mass control uh, the human population when you are only at the deepest level uh, you are only a few this is where the answers lie and and um, you know I did a, a video cast last week which uh, which basically said you you want solutions um, here you go and and it was a picture of someone looking in a mirror this this is where the answers lie and scepticism, you, you touched on that there. And I think you made a very, very important point that I would like to reiterate. We spoke a little bit earlier about how certain words have been hijacked. And I think scepticism is one in particular because we have these sceptic societies. And you mentioned that a lot of people say that scepticism is healthy. But, but if you actually look at what scepticism means versus the perception of it, to come back to context and perception, I mean, the definition of scepticism is a personal disposition towards doubt or incredulity of facts, okay? So that's a personal thing and you're predisposed towards not believing facts. Now, a belief system doesn't really come into it when you're talking about a fact. A fact is a fact and no amount of disbelief of a fact changes the fact that it's a fact. And then if you, say, go to Wikipedia, which I always take grave issue with because it's just a hodgepodge of all kinds of opinions thrown in there yeah. that seem to be accepted or perceived as fact by the general populace. Yeah. Skepticism, according to Wikipedia, is generally, and that's their word, generally any questioning attitude towards unempirical knowledge or opinions stated as facts, which is absolutely not the true meaning of skepticism, yet that is the source of supposed knowledge or perceived knowledge for a great, great many people in the current age. I just wanted to point that out because you exemplified that very well and I think it's very, very important and at the crux of criticism of so much, so many truths out there. And for example, the, the work that you do and the facts that are contained within the books that so many sceptics like to supposedly debunk and go against all the time well look at what those sceptics actually are and what their paradigm is and it's based on belief and you mentioned a belief system it is based on belief but all the belief in the world will not change a fact I'll give you a, I'll give you a sequence of um, a, a sequence of words very quickly because 
words words matter because of their effect on people. Um, rational, and the, the, this is um, these are official dictionary definitions. Mm. Um, for me, what we call rational thinking is the program, um, and um, the word rational is defined as based on or agreeable to reason. So now we have rational and reason totally connected in terms of their definition. Hmm. Reason is to determine or conclude by logical thinking. Logic is a system of reasoning. These are all official <laughs> definitions. So <laughs> you see these go. words are actually uh, interconnected, right? Reason, wait for this, reason, which is the basis of all these words, logic and, and all that, um, is a normal mental state dash sanity. So where did the normal mental state come from? It came from what I said earlier. Normal is what we normally experience. Yeah. And so th they are saying that to accept normality is reason, and reason is a state of sanity. I mean, it's madness, because where, where did this normal, on which it's all based, come from? M merely on what we normally experience. And what we normally experience is governed by the system that has um, defined and dictated what normal is. That's amazing. And even the word sanitized there to make something more palatable by removing something or an element that's likely to be unacceptable or controversial. You know, I mean, you have to sanitize to have sanity. Yeah. And these, when, you, when you break down these words and what they mean, because, of course, people like what I call do, uh, Dogma Dawkins and people like that, the, the mainstream uh, scientism uh, um, religious hierarchy, they, they're always using words like it's not rational. It's not based on reason. Um, it's not logical. Um, but what is logical? See, um, if you think that uh, the world is solid, then homeopathy makes no sense whatsoever. Mm. Uh, diluting a substance until there's no substance left makes no sense whatsoever. So, of course, even the, um, you know, the government's chief medical officer has said that uh, homeopathy is, is nonsense and, and, and ridiculous because she has been uh, programmed to believe in normal, to be rational, to be uh, logical, to have reason. Um, uh, but when you realize that everything is information, um, then homeopathy takes on a very, very different uh, light. See, um, Experiments have shown that water retains information and it retains information about things that have been in the water even when they are removed. There was uh, uh, a number of experiments uh, done by the um, Aerospace Institute in Stuttgart, Germany, where they put things like a flower into water and they, they developed this way of photographing information in water. And they found that after the, um, uh, the, the flower had been taken out of the water, the, uh, the water retained the information of the flower. Um, <laughs> so 
when you are diluting substances in homeopathy, you might not be able to trace the substance anymore, but the information from the substance is in the water, and it's the information that interacts with the information field of the body to change the nature of the body field, thus the change the nature of the holographic expression, um, uh, thus remove, if it's properly done, the the health problem that was uh, there before. And isn't it the case, David, sorry to interject, but isn't it the case that the, the, the water memory containing the flower contains, even though the drop might be so small, it contains the whole image of the flower, which is what a hologram is. It's not just a partial representation. It's just a smaller version of the entire. Well, th- this is a, a major point um, in terms of the holographic nature of reality because it it's it's basically explains so many mysteries in one one fell swoop uh when um you look at the human body uh it is holographic and one of the fantastic uh characteristics of holograms is that every part of the hologram is a smaller version of the whole mm. thus every the, the whole of the body um, in terms of information, is in every part of the body. This is how reflexology works. This is how, why um, reflexologists can find points on the feet, on the hands, wherever, that relate to different organs and parts of the body. This is why acupuncture has points, for instance, uh, all around the ear and other parts of the body that relate to different parts of the body. And indeed, the body as a whole is because it's holographic. This is why a, a skilled palm reader can see so much in the hand, because the hand is a holographic expression of the whole hologram. It contains the information of the whole hologram in the hand. And if you know what you're doing, you can read that information. All these things make sense. All these things that are based on uh, they say it's not rational, it's not uh, logical, it's not uh, doesn't come from reason. But all those words are defined and expressed as coming from your sense of reality. Yeah. So if you come from this sense of reality, then there's there's no logic, no reason, no rationality in what mainstream science is saying about reality. None whatsoever. But but but. And that is why um, they are hitting so many cul-de-sacs in trying to explain reality where they can't go any further. Because if their basic uh, foundation belief in reality is true, then they cannot explain these mysteries. You come from the perspective we're talking about here, you can explain almost all of them really simply. Uh, And so because I'm coming from another point of perspective, another point of observation, another point of reality, then what is rational, logical, and reason to me is completely different to what is those words to uh, a mainstream scientist or the skeptic society. It really is mad the way that science discounts the fact that they have hit 
a cul-de-sac with regard to one thing or another. I mean, if I'm going on a journey and I approach a cul-de-sac, let's say I'm even out for a drive. I don't have somewhere that I want to go to. I'll go wherever that day takes me, okay? And I reach a cul-de-sac and I decide, no, no, there's more to this journey for me today. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to take an alternative route and not just keep trying to drive through the cul-de-sac, which I cannot do. Yet that does seem what seem to be what mainstream science does time and time again when they reach something that doesn't necessarily fit with their already preconceived notion of what it is they want to get out there into the world in terms of a message. Yeah, I mean, one of the things you see, John, in uh, mainstream science all the time is this uh, phenomenon of if I can't explain it, it can't be happening. You must have come across that. Yeah, all, time and time you, again. You see it all the time. This is not possible. This cannot be happening. No, you don't understand why it's happening. That's the point. But it is happening. You see, this is this is a, this is an interesting area because you get people um, on these television programs where they they talk about the paranormal and of course it's actually in the bbc constitution that you can't take it seriously <laughs> uh, you know in the, in the guidelines is in there uh and uh, the off uh, ofcom guidelines you know the government watchdog in uh, in in britain for um for the media it's actually in there you can't take this stuff seriously i mean, I mean it's unbelievable is that actually that's actually a thing yeah that's the thing yeah Wow, you, you you have to you you have to treat it with skepticism, basically, or, or or use it as a form of entertainment. I think that's part of the wording. You can't take it seriously, so they wheel people on, and um, they always wheel the uh, the mainstream, concrete-minded uh, dogma person on as well to to trash it. Um, and and what happens is all these people have had experiences. They've had them. They've had them. In other words, it has happened. Why it's happened and what exactly they experienced, well, we can discuss, and it will be different uh, in different people. But it has happened. They have had that experience. What the dogma guy says is that cannot have happened, Mm. right? Because from his perspective of uh, reality, it cannot happen, what you've experienced. So it's not a case of, well, that's interesting. Obviously, there's something going on here because all these people say they're at the same experience. So what is happening? That is science. It's not it can't be happening because um, my belief system says it can't happen. And, and it's interesting, you know, when you look through scientific history and you've seen what they've said over the years, it is extraordinary. You know, uh, they now uh, kind of postulate on the fact that uh, there are uh, more than 100 billion uh, galaxies and that there could be uh, as many as 500 billion. Until the 1920s, they said there was one. One. Yeah. And that was the norm. If someone had come along in the 1920s and said, I reckon there's more than 100 billion galaxies, Uh, you're mad. That is not possible. That is not based on reason. It's not based on logic. And it's not, um, it's not normal to say that. But now they're saying that. And all that happens through the ages, if you if you look at it, John, is not the, the perception of normal changes. The perception of normal to a caveman was that you couldn't fly in a uh, uh, two level uh, jumbo jet, um, what do they call them now? Dreamliners. You couldn't 
fly across the world in one of those. Mm. Until relatively recently, something that heavy couldn't fly. And if you said it could, you were not subject to reason, to logic, uh, all that stuff. But now it's happening. And if you say now, no, no, you know those dreamliners, you can't fly in the air with them. What do you mean? You're not you're not based on reason and logic. And that's how it's the normal changes purely by the previous normal being shown to be the nonsense that it always was. Yeah, I think people often talk about the world being upside down, but it's our perception of the world that's actually upside down. We live in a world that's inverted um, in the sense that wherever you look, there's an inversion. Um, you you're supposed to learn about everything by going to um the education system and university. Yeah. But the opposite is the case. You don't learn. You don't, you're not educated. You're programmed. Um, uh, doctors supposed to um, be, be treating your health and keeping you healthy when one of the biggest killers in the world is the treatment in its many forms. Uh, and so it goes on. I mean, you know, the, the mainstream media is supposed to tell you what's going on in the world and they, they tell you what, uh, that which controls them uh, wants you to think is going on. Uh, you look at the reality we've been discussing today. The reality that people are told to believe in is an absolute inversion of the reality they're actually experiencing. It, it's it's a um, it is a coldly calculated inversion of everything. And you know, when we talk about evil, evil is an inversion of life. That's why evil is obsessed with death. And it's very appropriate that the word live is evil written backwards. Mm. Um, So we live in an inverted society, uh, but there's a reason why it's inverted, because there's a force behind it that is systematically inverted it uh, simply um, as a form of control. Because humanity in its true state of awareness, its true um, power to create its own reality not have someone else create that reality through them by programming their perceptions. Um, True humanity expressing itself would transform this world from what it is to what it could be, and I think what it once was. Um, And these these are the levels and um, areas that we need to encompass and the alternative media needs to encompass because that in so many ways is as closed-minded um, and as welded to, quote, reason, logic and all that stuff as the mainstream is. I totally agree. And I think with that in mind, there's a chapter in the book called The You the Time Forgot. And you're talking about remembering in your work over the last number of years and you're talking about remembering the self. And you mentioned there that you think the world was a different way before and we need to get back to that in the future, back to the future, if you like. Again, we we won't go too much into the concept of time. We've done that in previous shows. But tell us a little bit or expand a little bit on the you that time forgot, because I think that is at the very crux of what we've been leading up to in this conversation. Well, what's, what's happened, if you use the analogy of me sitting here um, in front of a computer, is um, I'm symbolic of awareness beyond the program, awareness beyond the five senses and the, uh, the phantom self version of, of self. Um, and I can um, decide where I go on the Internet. I can decide what I make of it. I can use the, um, the keyboard to 
post things upon it. I've got the mouse to move around it. Um, and I am um, observing the computer from outside of the computer. Thus, I am aware it's a computer. And I'm aware of my relationship with that computer. Yeah. But what's happened, and this is the whole foundation of the conspiracy, is through self-identity and focus, our point of observation of everything has been transferred from me sitting here at the keyboard into the computer. Mm -hmm. So now the computer is deciding what happens in the computer, where it goes, what it thinks of it, where it won't go. And um, I am no longer dictating um, my experience. My experience is dictating to me. And this is, this is the, uh, the dynamic between being um, uh, controlled by the perception deception and being uh, aware enough beyond the program to see what's going on and thus to impact upon the program from that knowledge of what's happening. Uh, and uh, so if um, we are going to move on uh, through this and many challenges are to come, but I'm, I'm very optimistic, um, we need to reverse that point of observation transfer from the computer to the infinite self. And we can do that very, very, very quickly, purely by redefining who we are and coming from that point of observation from then on. In other words, I am not David Icke. I wasn't born in Leicester in 1952. I'm not an author. Uh, I didn't play football once. I am infinite awareness who experienced those things and experiences those things and takes on the temporary labels of those things. But I do not identify with being David Icke. I, be, I, I identify with being infinite awareness, having an experience called David Icke. And when that, when that, reassessment takes place and it's very very simple and then you start living your life from that perspective and of course you'll get pulled into david ike and ethel jones of course you will but but then you go oh hold, hold on a minute i'm getting pulled into the experience uh, i'm not the experience um then things start to change your um consciousness starts to expand because simply by moving that point of self-identity you have moved yourself through vast amounts of programming which are all associated with you associating with being david ike yeah and 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 suddenly and it, it you know it, it doesn't necessarily happen in a second but suddenly if you hold that sense of identity you 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 then do start to remember more and more and more about um who you really are but if you hold that sense of identity, you are now, by that perception, operating on another frequency. You are therefore um, connecting with informations of, 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 uh, connected to those frequencies that you weren't consciously accessing before because you were in the density of phantom self. 
and suddenly you're getting insights, intuition. Uh, you're seeing the pictures instead of the pixels, and 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 the more that you become comfortable with that self identity, the more it will expand and expand and expand. And and thus, if people will do that on and 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 this is another thing. When you do that, and you start expressing your perceptions from that perspective don't expect everyone to pat you on the back call you a good chap and say how intelligent you are (laughs) far from it they're gonna call you mad they're gonna call you strange they're gonna call you dangerous because you are coming from a completely different perception of this reality than those around you so it, it comes with challenges but if you stick with it what happens in the end is instead of you going to the program, the program starts to come to you in a sense because as the program is diluted by the logic and reason of the information and people's personal experiences which confirm uh, that, then um, the program dilutes. And as the program dilutes, more and more of your true self can get in. The more you are now um, uh, getting control of the mouse and the keyboard back, And that which is absolutely founded in terms of its control on you staying in computer phantom self-perception, it loses its whole power source over you. Because the only power source it has is control and manipulation of your perception from which everything else comes. Behavior, what will you do, what you won't do, what you'll support, what you won't support, where you go, where you won't go, it all comes from perception. That is the that is the playing field on which this game is won and lost, and um, and that's how I, I keep saying it because it's so important. That's what the alternative media needs to get its head around uh, and and expand itself beyond its own, um, as you were saying earlier, its own uh, cul-de-sac. Yeah, I often hear parents saying to their kids, "Get off that computer game, get your head out of that game there, and go out and play." Um, Good advice indeed, but I would also say to the parents, do the same thing. It's a different game that you're playing, but get out of it. Get outside so you can get control of what's actually going on again. Yeah. I mean, you know, if if you're standing next to a house um, uh, and you're standing looking uh, directly at the wall at close range uh, and you don't know where you are, Mm. you open your eyes and um, you say, um, okay, what are you looking at? Uh, and you say, well, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of reddish, but it's, it's fuzzy, and I, 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 I don't know. What is it? And then you say, well, just take a few steps back. Oh, it's a wall. Mm. A few more steps back. Oh, it's a house. A few more steps back. Oh, it's a street. And eventually, you're on top of the hill in the distance. Oh, it's it's a world. <laughs> um, and all those different points are just points of observation which give you a different way of seeing the same thing. Back on the, uh, back on the hill, looking over the panorama, you can still look over and see the brick you were looking at at close range. But my goodness me, you can see its context now where you couldn't before. And, and this, is, this is what expanding your awareness and, 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 and consciousness does. 
And that brings us full circle then, of course, to the point of attention or point of observation of the gorilla on that video that we spoke about, which will stick up on the website so people can have a look at it as well. And for those that might like to expand their point of observation, the World Tour, we'll very briefly talk about it. I know you're kind of tight for time at this stage. You've 15 dates this year and another two with many more to be confirmed next year. So how excited are you about it? I mean, you're quite literally all over the world, everywhere from... Um, Australia, New Zealand, to the US, to the UK, your Ireland as well. You, there's even a date on the Isle of Wight. Yeah, that's that starts it out, um, and uh, that's just down just down the road from where I'm talking. Um, and then it's London in about so what? Well, that's June the 18th, and then I go off to um, Australia and New Zealand in um, in July and August. Then it's uh, America, New York, San Francisco, uh, Los Angeles in um, September, and then all over Europe. Uh, before Christmas after that. And then uh, I'm, I'm going to Manchester. I mean, the interest in the Manchester event is unbelievable this far ahead. And uh, and then on to, to, to Ireland, um, uh, which I'm looking forward to going to because um, so much has happened in Ireland in recent years, which is absolutely mirrored what I've been talking about all these years in terms of the agenda. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because um, when I walk on the stage, um, I, I go into another world, and it's a, it's a lovely world. It's it's a it, it's it's a world beyond this world, and it's a joy to do. Um, and people say, uh, you know, how do you talk for for nine ten hours? Well, um, it don't seem like nine or ten hours to me. Mm. I go into a timeless world, and it, it's it's just a joy to do. Um, and um, to see the feedback, you can see you can, when you see. Uh, lights going on and uh and smiles um because um getting emotional now because people are going where they haven't gone before yeah that is such a joy um that uh i'll keep doing it as long as i can well, I'm delighted to hear that. It is an incredible feeling. That flow state, I think, that you're talking about is something I can relate to through my day job, if you want to call it a day job, but through live performance and music as well. And I think it's another way of touching people and being touched by people on an energetic level as opposed to the way that the control system would have us believe or perceive that we should be interacting. And I must say, I'm really looking forward to the dates. So much good stuff happening there, David. And we will, of course, speak when you're mid-tour and maybe before the Irish one as well. We'll have a good chat and see how things are progressing. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I think that'd be really good. And the book, of course, is available from your website. It can be found through all the usual sources as well. We've got the links up on the website. It's called Phantom Self with a very good subtitle as well and how to find the real one. It's very solution-based and solution-oriented, which we really like on this show. And it's something that we do try to push and stress. So, David... It's been, I mean, you spoke about speaking for 10 hours and how quick it seems. We've spoken for well over an hour there and it felt like 10 minutes. So again, I'm relating to that flow state that you're talking about. It's just been such an organic experience as it always is. And thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure, John. Thanks very much. Alchemy, alchemy, alchemy. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are very grateful for all the help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations and it all helps. So if you could spare something really small, even the price of a cup of coffee every month, it would go hugely towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website, alchemyradio.net, and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. So thank you to everybody for any recent help. We really couldn't do it without you. 
Our next guest is Max Egan, and I'm very much looking forward to that chat. We haven't had him on the show before, and he's got so much to offer in terms of insight and information. So until then, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Poor and working people in this country are sent to kill poor and working people in another country to make the rich richer. And without racism, soldiers would realize that they have more in common with people than they do with the billionaires who send us to war. of evil beauty and good they can spring as a tyrant sinks into passion and hell the hurt one's heart can fly glide and sing jazz of blues and folk and reggae
every grieving mother and daughter The heaving of the water thick with oil The dreaming of the prisoner Staring at the wolves and imagining the kisses of a son And I was sickened by the fumes The city's on its knees Blood dripping from the teeth Of the kids who walk the street The junkie with the baby in her womb Numb beneath the stranger in her womb But then I took a step And with it I walked past the feeling And there's nothing I can do to help or grasp with any certainty Life is ours to take care of You can't love what you're scared of And love is the key I took another breath and with it I was sure No matter what's to come or what has been before We have the right now, the right here to make peace with No hidden truth, no secrets We have all the answers already We were born with our hate eyes Bright hearts heavy Skies full of lightning tonight The clouds' bellies are purple and ready to rain What pleasure to the man that has never known pain Imagination. Alchemy. 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 Are you tuned in? Are you tuned in?